I heard a Christian leader say this uh, recently. He was uh, doing a workshop for leading church staff teams. If we're not close enough to annoy each other, we're not close enough. Now, I think that has application well beyond our church staff teams. This is not a picture of our church staff team, uh, by the way, but sometimes it probably feels a little bit like that. It describes our families. It describes our teams, it describes our churches, it describes our clubs, it describes our communities. We will annoy one another the closer we get to each other. The more time we spend together, the more our lives are intertwined with one another, we will annoy one another. Relationships, to a large extent, that are less affected by conflict are perhaps the ones we actually keep at a distance. We, we employ this strategy on family road trips. We spread the children out in the car and the adults as far apart as we can get while we have a great big Kia van and a trailer on the back and roof racks. No, we don't put people in them. Perhaps for you, you've made a decision about where you live or you appreciate where you live because of its geographical distance from extended family. Or maybe it impacts the path that you take in the office from your desk to the printer and back. Or where you hang out in your breaks at lunchtime at school. Relationships that have conflict, we keep them at a distance. There's a thing called an individualism index that psychologists and sociologists are measured, an individualism index, and worldwide, Australia ranks number two, just behind America. Our cultural tradition here in Australia is biased towards thinking individualistically, to think I and me. It's natural then for us to compete in good ways and negative ways. It's natural for us as Australians to look for personal reward. It's natural for us uh, that, that it's an effort to think as a group. That's why our children in our schools, or if you've been to university, group work is hard work. Because as a nation, Australian culture is actually biased towards thinking about me. I think it's for this reason that reality TV shows where you grab a bunch of people and put them together in a group and get them to live together or work together make such good viewing. Australians are number two in the world on the individualism network and maybe um, from us, you who are among us who have uh, come from Asian or African cultures, spent time living there or your family heritage, you'll go, hang on, what's he talking about? Or you go, yeah, I do know that but... African and, and uh, Asian cultures have a higher collectivism index. It's more naturally for those cultures to think communally, to think us and we. Now, one need not be better or worse than the other. It's helpful for us to be aware of our cultural influences as we seek to be a Jesus culture. You see, at heart, all human culture is misaligned away from God's ways. 
And today we want to build up our understanding of church as a community of believers. We want to turn up the collectivism index. As brothers and sisters in Christ, here at New Life Presbyterian Church community, we are living out real face-to-face relationships. We need to be close enough to one another to annoy one another, not by pinching and prodding the person you're sitting next to right now, by breathing any of their air, but in the way we do relationships, not distancing but being close enough to annoy one another. It is clear from the opening chapters of the Bible that we are made for community. Now in the next three minutes, I'm going to barrage you with the Bible. I'm not going to bash you with the Bible, uh, but like drinking from a fire hose, this is going to come at you really, really quickly uh, and um, uh, I encourage you to, to ask me questions if you want to know more or get some notes for me or follow through some of the passages that I meet. Right now we're going to do a story of the whole Bible to see that we are made for community. Let me get a slide so you at least got that bit in front of you. The Bible begins with God making people for community. God himself uh, reveals himself to us as a relational being, as God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, relating to one another and God created humanity to be in relationship with him. But not just one person and God, uh, God says it's not good for the man to be alone and created another to be alongside of him. God, crea- God, who is communal, created us for communion, to be in a communal relationship with God and a communal relationship with one another. Now, almost immediately, we have the fall, Genesis chapter 3. And community is disrupted. Community is disrupted between humanity and God. Community is disrupted uh, with one another. A, a, a curse is placed on creation and we even see with the first man and the first woman's very first offspring that their relationship goes badly. Murder. And one of them is even sent away out of community. The Tower of Babel where humanity seeks to build a name for itself in the curse of the fall are dispersed and separated out. The story of God's Old Testament people, Israel, is a story of being gathered into community through a family, the descendants of Abraham, into a tribe, into a nation, into a community. Through the Old Testament, we see that God gives his Old Testament law as safe boundaries for community life. The worship of uh, Israel is always a community activity. This morning we read very briefly from the Psalms and we read that to one another, being called together as a community in worship of God. The hope of God's Old Testament people, Israel, which is captured in the prophets, is looking forwards into the future to a new community that is gathered to God and one another in peace. The whole story of the Bible tells us that we are made for community. Now, this, this is our personal experience. Some of us will like being alone. Some of us will like having me time and free time, but no one likes to be lonely. That feeling that we have 
to know others and to be known by others, whether we have a small capacity for that or a huge capacity for that, that feeling comes from our Creator. It is human to love and to be loved in community. In the most recent National Church Life Survey that we filled out here at New Life Presbyterian Church, our church ranked longing for community as most important to us, equal alongside spiritual growth. They, like, popped right out of our survey. A longing for community and a longing for spiritual growth. That longing comes from within us, from our being, from within who God has made us to be and it also comes from, I think, our frustrated experience that we have not yet got community worked out. That as we do keep getting close to one another, we annoy one another. So we're going to jump into the New Testament now to appreciate that in community we are being renewed renewed in community. You see, as Jesus draws people into community, it almost always, through the passages of the New Testament, comes with an encouragement and or a command to love and forgive. As Jesus was gathering his band of disciples uh, together in John 13, where he washed his disciples' feet, it was a whole chapter really about preparing them for the community mission after he was to be gone. But what did he say to them? Love one another. He expected that as they get close to one another, they're going to annoy one another. So love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus' disciples were gathered into his community, not yet having it all worked out. He was going to renew them in community. Uh, The Apostle Paul, uh, writing Romans, describes the church in view of God's mercy being a body of believers, diverse and different, contributing all kinds of different things. And there's this passage which is a celebration of living out God's mercy together and then he says this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in a need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Paul has to say those things because he knows that it's not going to come easily. They are the things that as we're gathered into community, they are the things that we are going to struggle with. As we get close to one another, we are going to annoy one another because Jesus is still renewing us in community. We can see the same thing in Galatians chapter 5 and 6. We see the same thing in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 2. We see the same thing in Colossians chapter 3, that as we become heavenly-minded people, uh, as we're gathered into the heavenly community, living it out here on earth, we still need to be told, commanded, encouraged how to love and forgive and show compassion. It's also in Ephesians 4, uh, the reading that we had there a moment ago. Every community, every community 
is disrupted by sin. Your family is disrupted by sin. Your small group is disrupted by sin. New Life Presbyterian Church is disrupted by sin. The people that we serve alongside, our local community, our workplaces, the world round about us is disrupted by sin. Yet God doesn't abandon community, God continues to draw us into community and into communities that are centred on Jesus where we will be renewed, learning to love and forgive like He has forgiven us. So let me draw out two small words that are contained within community. The first one's you. You in community. Because God is renewing us in community, we need you at New Life Presbyterian Church. We need one another close enough to be learning to do face-to-face brother and sister relationships. If we're not close enough to annoy one another, we're not close enough. See, more than New Life leadership needs a vision, more than the management of New Life needs good administration through an annual congregational meeting, more than a budget that needs, what is it, one more dollar a week per person, what we need is you. You doing face-to-face relationships with one another. It's something that we already value. It's something that we're giving attention to. The National Church Life Survey that I mentioned a moment ago, our our, uh, responses indicate that 82% of us feel a deep sense of community and belonging here at New Life. Now, this is actually quite a high figure for a church our size. 82%, that's quite good. But let's look out for the 18%, the 32 or 40 people and the few others who didn't fill out a survey or weren't here at the time. Every year, in the five years that I've been here, we have 40 to 50 new people join us. We need you to keep being tireless in welcoming, to be vulnerable in getting close enough to one another to annoy one another and be working that out with the forgiveness and grace and love and humility and compassion that God is working amongst us. And we have a special opportunity to annoy one another here at New Life because our number one value here is being an all-age community. It's being spread out with different ages. Every time we run New Life 101 for newcomers, this value is mentioned over and over again for why people like new life, why people are drawn to our community, that we are all ages. But the National Church Life Survey across all the churches and a new recent study that's been done in the United States of large evangelical churches, the most difficult challenge for ongoing health and growth and it has become more difficult in the current times than any generation in the past is being a multi-age church. The number one challenge to churches being healthy and growing is a church that values being all ages like us. We have a special opportunity 
because here we have generation builders, we have the generation boomers, we have uh, generation X, we haven't forgotten about you, we've got generation Y, we love you and we've got generation millennials. Uh, they're, they're, they're listening to this and they're blogging it and they're posting it and they're surfing three other websites at the same time. That is all going to, when it puts us together in this room together, we are going to annoy one another. Here at New Life, we have a special opportunity to be renewed in community and we need you in that. The second word is unity. Well, living out love and compassion and humility is living out unity. Not by removing diversity, not by seeking out another church where everybody's like us or, or gathering into a huddle within new life where everybody is like us. That'll make it easier. That'll make life easier. And it can even make it seem more successful and, and feel like we've got more momentum. The, the, the church growth research does say that'll be more big, big, bring greater growth if everybody is the same as you in your church. But God's way, I believe, for us, for new life, is to graciously work out unity with those He has placed us in relationship with. It starts in our home, it starts with our marriages, with our family, with our housemates, the people that you live to, and extends into this church community right here. I'm going to talk a little bit more, not today... Uh, but in coming weeks, about life groups. We, we launched them before. We've always talked about small groups that gather together uh, for Bible study and prayer and care of one another. And we've started to call them life groups because one of the things that we want to capture in that is a sense of community. That our life groups are a focused group of relationships that reflect who we are as New Life Presbyterian Church. And so we've been quite deliberate with our with our, with our life groups, though they might gather on weeknights to do Bible study and prayer, but that it includes whole families and people of all ages so that we can keep working out this unity in our community, that we keep living out what is our greatest challenge and our special opportunity as God is renewing us in community.